Welcome to the Bard and Bible, a conversational devotional about scripture, life, and ministry from the perspective of a tabletop missionary still trying to figure out what those words actually mean when you string them together. There's a seat by the fire over there, and it looks like things are just about to get started. Tonight's tale, here at the Bard and Bible. The inn is quiet. The peaceful quiet of a good day filled with good work and great stories. It is a welcome quiet to the innkeeper, who is finally able to sit and enjoy his tea while catching up on some mundane active paperwork. Then again, the paperwork will keep. And yet, something still feels odd. Benny! Are, are you still here? Hmm. Probably left after the rush. I know Hamish left because I saw the stoves were cold. Unless I'm wrong. No, no, I was right. No one is staying with us. Only folks I've seen today were locals, and most of them left an hour ago. That's striking strange. The sun's not even down yet. Somebody should be here besides me. He tilts his head. Uh, Amalthea? No, no, of course not. Un unless you wanted to, dear. Uh, happy to see you if it was... No. Well, it was worth a shot, I suppose. Well, that, that would have been something if it was her again, huh? Man, that was a fun episode to record. That voice. Up like a shot, the keeper reached for his axe, his teeth spraying across the countertop as he rose. What's happened? What's gone wrong? Is it orcs again? Militia? Is the great wood burning? What is it? Because I have no intention of being caught off guard again. Whoa! Whoa! Easy, boss! Don't you easy me! Last time you showed up with some cockamamie story about how you're me from some other plane of existence, swearing that we had to have been brought together because of our mutual tragedy. Some idea that your god had something he was trying to tell you that you could only see clearly if we were together. Well, here you are again. So what's happened? Look, how about you just tell him whatever he needs to know and, and then he can go home again, right? I'm not looking for any trouble. No. Seriously, nothing's wrong. You're certain? Positive. There's no danger. None that I know of, anyway. <sighs> well, then. Pull up a seat by the fire. Would you like any tea? Seeing as I suppose I'll need to be making myself a cup again. That, that sounds delightful, actually. After all. We should be celebrating. Oh? What's the occasion? We've reached our 50th tale. I looked it up, too. There were some scheduling bumps, but we're literally two weeks away from our third anniversary. That's two milestones in one. You do know I only understand about one-third of anything you say, right? Naturally. Anyway, I've got questions! As do I. Look, I get it, but this'll be fun. We've been at this a while. 
we'll answer some questions, think back on, you know, what it's been like, and throw in a bit of a Bible verse at the end there, too, because we still do that here, even on the weirder tales. <clears throat> well, I guess I'm as ready as I'm going to be for this. What do the good people want to know about? Well, there's a lot of overlap here, so I'll kind of, you know, lump a bunch of them together and let's just talk about how all this started. What went well, what could have gone better, and, well, what surprised me. I've actually said on Mike before that B&B started first and foremost as an excuse for me to, well, do some kind of Bible teaching. I spent years learning how to do it, and I actually really do enjoy it. So it seemed doubly wrong not to be doing it at all. It had been years since I'd had any kind of situation where I had the opportunity to make it happen. So I, I guess I just made the opportunity. I had no idea if anything was going to come from it, honestly. It was an experiment. <laughs> Quite frankly, it still is an experiment all the time. For instance, you and the actual Barden Bible here were not originally part of what I thought about when I started doing this. Lovely. Nice to know I was an afterthought. No, not an afterthought. More like something that grew up from the heart of what I was trying to do. I wanted to infuse gaming, storytelling, and, well, quite frankly, a bit of magic in its most whimsical form in my recounting of biblical narrative. You can say you're the amalgamation of my own dwarf bard character, Drogon Anvilsong. Master Anvilsong? I share a lineage with Master Anvilsong? Well, not in a familial way, but sort of, I guess. Mix him with a character I've loved from my childhood, from Jim Henson's Storyteller. I love the idea of stories narrators kind of being characters themselves that welcome people into what they were going to hear before they actually heard it. You, well, you kind of became that guy for me. It started out merely as a framing device. You weren't a separate character yet. Just me insinuating that there was an actual tavern that this was all happening in, and things related to the concept in that particular episode had occurred there recently. I gotta tell you, it, it felt good, so I, I, I hammed it up a bit, as is my want. Before long, you had become a distinct character of your own. Now look, we share a lot of the same values and experiences, but we're not the same anymore. And that really makes me happy. One of my favorite parts of doing this has been seeing you, the Barden Bible, the nation of Ecclesia, and all of the Nine Realms really grow up and become real. At least in the literary sense of the word. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but did you say you started this without me? There was a time, there was a Barden Bible... Where it did not have a keeper? You weren't even a flicker of inspiration until seven episodes in. Folks wanted to know if there was anything I would have changed or if there were any regrets. If there are any, it's the fact that I did so many of these without you. So much of what's happened was organically the result of spending time with God in the Bible. So I can't say I wish I knew everything before I got going. But 
I got to tell you, I would have loved to have started down the road knowing you and your world would be a part of it. Heck, it certainly would have saved me a handful of retcons I'm going to have to do to about places and people that I've mentioned in past intros. You've changed a lot, too, over time. Well, don't we all? It, yeah, yeah, but, but you especially. The last time we got together, I made a comment that I didn't know you had a wife. That wasn't just me doing a bit for the script. I literally didn't know that before I typed those words. Yeah, you're an alternate version of me, for sure, but I didn't know I was going to carry that out into our families. Now, I didn't want them to be like us, though. They needed to be much more distinctly their own characters. But I tied some things together. The idea that your wife's named Amalthea, Amy for short, is tied to a name my wife has had spoken over her at a prayer meeting. Amy means beloved. Now, while yours has passed, my wife is very much still with me. Meanwhile, your son Rocco is actually named that it's based off of what we were originally going to name our son. We were going to name him after my dad. Well, until dad said that was a terrible idea, which caused us to instead name him after my dad's favorite Bible story. The other difference is that your son is at university. While mine's just three years old. How's Rocco doing, by the way? Oh, it's it's been a while since his last letter, but all reports are good. His engineering classes have finally started in earnest, so he's hoping it won't be too long before they let him work with an actual piece of weir steel. Huh. Well, that's good to hear. See, you keep surprising me, even now. Every intro I put together, you find something else to surprise me with. That's not even including the stuff that the public doesn't know about that I do. Uh, speaking of that, as this is a special occasion, can I tell them a little bit about your private bardic history? Well, uh, um, look, I'm assuming this is only going to be available for people in your world and not mine then? I swear, anybody who knows this story in your world already knows it before I say a word. Promise. Well, I guess I don't see a problem with that if you put it that way. Thinking through you and what we do together, specifically in the intro to What the Locust Destroyed, which is the last time we got together in the same spot, it made me want to create three distinct categories of bardic expertise. The archivists, who record and categorize the stories that other people gather. The keepers, quite frankly, the highest aspiration a bard might achieve. Who care for the people and celebrate their stories, calm down. And the war singers. War singers are warriors so skilled in combat and magic that they are said to be the ones who cause history to shift and bend to fit their will. It's not actually as glamorous as they make it sound. I won't go into the story about how you got Quill, because, quite frankly, I'm not absolutely certain I won't turn it into a short story I release some point down the road. But you were a war singer before Rocker was born. 
Your story is bigger than these walls. And I certainly didn't expect to find that out when I started. Well, in a way, one could say that we might be your biggest surprise then. Seeing as we've all just been here living our lives and you had no idea you were telling our stories. Don't, don't get me wrong. You are definitely a big one for certain. All of you. That and the fact that people actually cared enough to make reference to Ecclesian lore in the tavern I run in my world. I'm still surprised by that. I wouldn't call it the biggest, though. That comes down to what I've been referring to as my story-based hermeneutic. Hermeneutic's basically another word for a framework through which one reads and interprets the Bible. See, I've always been about character in the way I read the Bible. But there's there always used to be this disjointed interaction with it once I'm done reading and I try to move towards application and communication. Like, I, I stopped caring about portions of what I dug out of the passages because... It didn't fit the application, not didn't fit the, the form of it, I guess. Doing this has made me see just how much more powerful these stories can be when you unify the story aspect of scripture with understanding what God would have us gain from the reading. I do a lot less hardline application now. I ask a lot more questions. I'm more open to explore emotions, word choices, and softer concepts than I was ever before. One might say that it means I've opened myself up to misinterpretation more. But, if anything, reading the Bible as a storyteller and as a consumer of great storytelling reminds me that we are all wide open to misinterpretation, bias, and self-protection already. I'm just being more open and honest about it now. I have literally no idea how long it's going to take me to get through Genesis, seeing as the next story only gets us to about chapter 11. But I have thought more about God's interaction with his people in the first four chapters using this framework than I have in a long time of reading from the entirety of the Bible. It's been a thing. Well then, I, I know I'm fairly at a loss as to how to respond to that. I will certainly say that it has proven to be far more pleasant than our last visit. I, I guess I have a question myself then. What happens now? Where do we go from here? Well, I said I'd drop some Bible in here, and I think it's fitting to do so right now. The answer to your question is that we live. You in your world, and me in mine. I've developed a new appreciation for the words in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. I think part of why the story-based hermeneutic has grabbed hold of me, kind of the way it has, 
is that I think there's so much more to God and godly living than is tied to sermons, programs, and studies. Yes, we are to drink deeply of the words of Scripture, but they're supposed to be in everything. The Bible is mostly story because they are to be soaked in, not just regurgitated. It's, it's not so much about knowing the answers as it is knowing the God who hears your questions. We build a life upon the foundation of these stories and see God move in our own to the point that there is not one moment of our life that is not coded tip to tail in the Spirit of God. I taught Bible for years before I ever hit a microphone, but I can say with certainty that the comments I have gotten from people about what I do here at the Barden Bible and how God speaks to those who hear it have been more powerful examples of what can happen when I worry less about applications, crafting memorable outlines, or developing concrete action steps, and, and really just do what God has made me to do. Sit around a fire and revel in the stories he tells. Like, I'm, I'm going to head out. You enjoy your rest. You're set to have another friend from the guild come by later. It's been fun kind of working with him to get ready for that. I, I just wanted to make sure we got to spend this time together first. It is, after all, kind of special. Good night, Mike Perna, resident dwarf bard. And good night to you, Mike Perna. See you next time, here at the Barden Bible. I want to jump off script to express my appreciation for pretty much everybody who has made these 50 tales, well, plus some Bard projects, and three years of the weirdest Christian devotional you're ever going to listen to happen. Like, I try not to spend too much time on it, but if you like what you hear and you want to support what I do and what I make here at the Barden Bible, either as myself or as the innkeeper, you can find me at patreon.com slash dwarfbard, where you'll find support tiers that get you early access to the podcast, all the way up to literally getting a person, place, or thing in the Nine Realms created by you. This road we walk down together may be strange, but we are walking it together. And I hope we get to do it for a lot longer.